0: Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX.
1: Empire of the Suns.
0: Meaning Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Drive to your nearest Sonic location and try their new Choose Any2 for $7 deal for a limited
1: time only. Empire of the Suns.
0: Hello there. Welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Cellen Olson joined. As always by Kevin Zerman. Hello, Kevin. There are just infinity ways to do that. Hello, how are you? I continue to reinvent. Uh, I'm doing well, man. How are you? Did you even ask? I don't think you did. Friday brain activated. What's up? I think up?
1: I did ask. I don't know if I asked. Uh-oh. We both don't know. That's that's <laughs> bad. Hey, everyone.
0: We're back. Uh, so for, I don't know, how many people would you guess listen to this that aren't on Twitter at all? <sighs> Aren't active enough on Twitter to see That we posted about our last episode And how it shadow-realmed I don't know I would guess more than 50% Yeah Because we live in our own little Twitter bubble And we think everyone else does But in reality, we don't So we did podcast a week ago On Friday We were kind of entirely previewing the preseason Because we didn't want to Our media day episode would have been An hour and a half, two hours Like those Western Conference preview ones That we did uh, after the off season. If we would have touched on the preseason But we had some technical issues That uh, does not exist anymore So instead uh, we will kind of review And preview the preseason In one way with games that happened Which is probably the better way to do it anyway We had three, two of them were I guess all three were narratively eventful I'll put it that way Mr. Zimmerman Detroit, they're in Detroit Uh, They go there uh, and go see some Mortgage company stuff which is fun (laughs) Uh, That place looks fancy they go see Matt Ishbia's digs it's and like hang he out was the day ready, after the game.
1: It was like he was ready to buy a basketball team when he built the mortgage company building and made a basketball court there that's big enough for his basketball team.
0: They ran; it looked like they ran some version of an open practice, essentially like the one that they're going to do on Sunday at Footprint Center. But the game was against Monty Williams. And Monty talked a lot pregame about what happened. They won that game 131 126 in overtime. The Big Three all did play, but they only played in the first half, as did Yusuf Nurkic. They shot 85% from the field in the first half. I looked at the box score at halftime of the next game they played against Denver at home, and I think they had 13 field goals at halftime. They had 17 in the first quarter against Detroit. Uh, We'll get into that uh, a bit later. So then they go back home. Two days later, they play their first home game against Denver. So a rematch of the way the season ended for the Suns. All of the big three are out. So we get to see some new lineups kind of mixed in there. It looks like the way a basketball team would if it was entirely designed around three guys and and building functional pieces around them. And then they go to Portland. The first game, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, against DeAndre Ayton since the trade for Yusuf Nurkic against Portland bradley beal out due to lower back tightness i was told by the team that this was precautionary as you would expect in the preseason if brad wakes up with a sore back hey let's not run you out there for this meaningless game the sun still looked awesome uh the fourth the first quarter was a little bit sloppy and just a little bit it was very preseasony, y but then the second quarter they turned it on for seven or eight minutes and went nuts and were up 20 and still got 76 points up In the first half, which is crazy because Durant and Booker both missed shots that they normally make. So they easily could have had 85 or 90 points in that game. We'll get into what everyone wants to talk about, which is how, guess what? The Suns won the DeAndre Ayton trade. It's over. He didn't look good. Yusuf Nurkic looked great. So that's it, everyone. It's over. Sorry, Portland. You lost. Where do you want to start in all of this? Because my main takeaway after the portland game and so far through three games has been how the offenses look not that it's surprising but again we talk so much in the offseason of wanting to see it on the floor wanting to see it on the floor and even in that denver game watanabe gordon and allen all on the floor at the same time you're like oh my gosh there's just so much room to move around and you see it in the detroit and the portland games as well uh, do you want to start with a specific player, rotation choice, Josh Akogi being the fifth starter right now? Where do you want to go? The world is your oyster, man. Oh,
1: man, I'm not interested in the preseason, how the big three are looking so much. Okay. Um, yes, when they feel like they're locked in, which, again, were like even last night, they just decided, oh, last, what, three minutes? Yeah, let's just put this team away, and they did that. I'm not surprised by that. I don't know if we should be. It's preseason again i'm interested in role players and what we've seen can we start with that's the thing who do you start with do you want to go down a check and checklist thumbs up or thumbs down whether you think they're trending in a good direction right now because we sure, could start there buddy let's do it to it want to start with let's start with the Kogi. i think yeah, go. Most importantly, it's important. Kind of keep yeah. that in mind as you're going. A Kogi. I mean, I think we knew this would be a plus. He doesn't have to perform well in the preseason, but he did. Had a good what three for six shooting game in the the second game. Shooting the three ball confidently. But but I think we just wrote about this for our thirty six unbothered series. The big thing with him is finding out how he can stay on the court in the playoffs, and I think yeah if he hits threes he's fine obviously that's the big thing he did not do that at the end of last season in big moments to me I want to see him drive more and not sit in the corner and actually be the guy who's flaring out on the wing on the weak side you swing it to him out of a pick and roll action and then he's catching it and driving to the hole when the defense is rotating because one, he can get by guys even if they're not going to be, like, completely closing out on a guy because he's he's not the best shooter. But he's that athletic where even if they're a step off, he can get by them. But also, like, I know he's not the best passer, but he has enough where I think he's more valuable driving on the from the weak side on a swing and making a play or just scoring than he is sitting in the corner. And I think that's my biggest thing with him is, like, Yeah, he's got to do that sometimes, but I would rather have him actually have the ball in his hands so maybe you find him kicking out to KD or Book if he swings it back to where they started the action and all that. So I I like what I've seen from him. The the spacing is going to help him drive also and maybe just score himself, but um, he's going to be in a good spot to start the season regardless of how the rest of the preseason goes
0: yeah the slashing has been the big thing because it was a light bulb moment for me a no doy moment when i saw him drive like four times in six minutes and i was like oh yeah it's just guys like him are gonna have more room we just think about it for the big three but guys like him that want to attack the basket more someone like grace allen does it occasionally eric gordon it's a big part of his game still as we've seen mm-hmm. already i'm conflicted on what you're talking about because i've been thinking about this a lot in terms of usage and who gets the ball and all that kind of stuff and how you maximize everyone the problem is every possession that he doesn't spend in the corner puts someone else in the corner and yes you're getting a four on four possession if Kevin Durant is in that corner but then you're just using Kevin Durant for spacing and we learned last year that was maybe it's just um, confirmation bias or whatever you want to call it is like oh they're losing because Kevin Durant's in the corner if they would have won those games or if their offensive rating was whatever the statistics would have dictated it a certain way but I think that there's an issue there and something I've been thinking about Eric Gordon, too, is a lot of his strengths are on the ball, but you don't want to take the ball out of the other guy's hands. But at the same time, you do need other guys on the ball. So there's a really yeah. delicate balance to this. And that's what they're going to have to figure out with him specifically. We wrote, we're keeping up with 36 Unbothered, our dearly departed comrade, Eric Ruby, (laughs) moving on into another world, a new life uh, for him. We're very excited for him. We started the series with him. It was his idea. Um, But we're keeping it going over there. If you haven't seen it, uh, boy, do you have time uh, if you are waiting for a flight or something. Because there's (laughs) now been 25 pieces, 26, uh, ever since there were 36 days until the regular season. We've written a daily post on a certain subject. Josh was the guy today and something that I wrote about in there and ended it on is I went over how great last year was for him and how many things he does well on the floor but if he's not shooting the three confidently then he yeah. can't play and then if he's shooting the three confidently but missing he can't play it's just really simple and he improved a lot as a shooter last year because the numbers were really bad before that and I think that he has improved some more since then and is shooting it more confidently at this stage but especially with how again deep like how many options this team has he just can't afford to go through those kinds of stretches especially in the the preseason like i don't think vogel will even wait a game like he'll he'll go like it monty had to see it out because the other options were and that's where some of the discourse we had back then you 'll remember everyone 's like why isn 't he switching it why isn 't he he like has to make sure yeah because that 's the best like version of the team if that look worked, but it didn 't so then you had to go to the other one. Uh, that was more offensive minded and that's like the similar kind of situation this team could find themselves in now but to return to my who guards Steph Curry on opening night the best option is either him or Jordan Goodwin or Devin Booker so one of those three guys probably has to be in the starting lineup good thing is Devin Booker does but do you want him guarding Steph opening night probably not because selfishly I want to see him guard Chris Paul because I don't think Draymond's playing so Chris is probably starting and that would mean him and Booker guarding each other, and I would very much enjoy seeing that. And you might think, oh, well, maybe they don't stick Chris on, and they hide him somewhere. Chris is guarding. He's going to guard Devin He Booker.
1: would have to. I I would.
0: And he might have to. Anyway, Yusuf Nurkic. Thumbs up or down? Where are you at? I'm in the middle. It's
1: been uh, the Portland game, you were mentioning people thought it was like, oh, the trade is won. There were some possessions where... Portland did exactly what Phoenix was doing, DeAndre. And Nurkic is just not the most nimble, can't recover as quick. If his
0: deep is if his drop isn't too deep, then the guards are just getting around him.
1: And then you get put in rotations and I know like if Frank Vogel like is here for the reason of he's gonna get those rotations right, they were not right the other night completely. It's just asking a lot of everyone else. Um, in some moments, when he's getting attacked, if you use him certain ways, so it, it is. But teams build schemes around to make up for players' weaknesses yeah. all the
0: time, and that's what he should do. Yeah. And it's and basically what you're saying is it puts more onus on the players, but the players just have to be ready for it. And I think it continuity and preseason and all yeah. of that. Like I don't think it is asking it is not asking too much of them to be in those kinds of places because you might think Nurkic trapping, like, oh, great, they're doing new stuff like they did in the start of the Portland game, but it was more so this is another way for them to not attack Nurkic, essentially, because it did look good when they were coming over, when they were attacking the switch earlier. It, It looked good in some sequences, but then it didn't, but to your point, The possessions that concerned me the most were the ones where he was actually sort of in a good position to contain the drive. But then he was just like a half step, not where he needed to be. And then he was fouling. Yeah. And that's the part where it's like that can't happen. And that's where through this little sample size of preseason of all things, I've seen what people were kind of referring to and what I learned, which is he can contest shots well it's just if he's there and in yeah. the right spot and sometimes he's not and that's that's a problem and i don't even know what it is like what, what the problem is necessarily i mean I the problem it's... is he's not the most mobile guy yeah I beyond think, that i don't day. know though because yeah. guys that are slower than him are in the rudy gobert is not yeah. agile
1: and and we'll see like it looked really good sometimes the rotations and how he recovered and how aggressive he was or it like I biz
0: think... is biz is like one of the best guys i've ever seen at this he's yeah. his he's always in the right spot in a drop always
1: yeah so we're gonna see that um and that's gonna develop over time but yeah i mean with him i think obviously the ball moving hitting cutters even bringing up the ball occasionally um He literally is the point guard sometimes. Um, But, yeah, it just gives you more of a dynamic offense, more flow to the offense. And that's important in in lessening the other guys' load. We
0: are already seeing a couple of things with him on offense. One is pocket pass chemistry where everyone relax. The guys on the team are enjoying the capabilities of bounce passes again to their center. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but... It just be, It's one of those things where you got to say it out loud to realize it, but people would be like, why can't he catch a bounce pass? And I'm like, I don't know, man, just don't throw bounce passes anymore. I don't know what to say. Just don't throw bounce passes. And, <sighs> and now you can throw bounce passes to your center and know for a fact that it's going to get there and not have that slight hesitation of, is he going to catch this? Where do I need to put it exactly? And a lot of those bounce passes were like at the hip or lower, and Nurkic was still catching them and gathering and finishing. The plays he was finishing through contact, I don't know if those are reliable, to say the least, because his finishing numbers on bunnies and anything else around the rim has not been very good over the course of his career. Yeah. But I did like his ability to catch it around the free throw line. And then there was one play in Portland where the guy in the corner wasn't there anymore or was covered. I can't remember what it was. And then he quickly just threw it to the guy on the wing next to him. And it's like that second read progression. That's just not something DeAndre can do. I think that DeAndre, through all of this discourse, has gotten mischaracterized a bit with his ability to pass the ball. I mean, people are just acting like he can't pass. Yeah. Or wasn't able to pass. DeAndre can make a read on a short roll. It's just like the read. Nurkic yeah. can make a second read. He can make the first read if it's a little bit different. He sees it coming to him. But the if life. DeAndre is rolling and he sees the low man, he's throwing it over there. Yeah. Like he can, he can do that. And people acting like he can or he couldn't dribble in the short roll occasionally. Like he could do stuff there. It's not a tremendous upgrade to the team, but it is the reliability and the consistency, which again is why there is a sigh of relief for me in this podcast knowing that we don't have to really talk about it that much in this episode nor much in the future anymore because every single conversation with him just goes right back to that it's like in all those types of video games like until dawn or um detroit become human where you play uh you don't know what i'm talking about story-based games where you make a decision yeah and your decision impacts the way the game finishes yeah. and those games show you like the charts of where you went all of DeAndre's went back to one finish <laughs> when you talk about him it's every time it's just the way that it was unfortunately um, but to that point I just think that I've heard people say it and just say like it's like he talking about his game specifically within it and it's just wrong yeah. it's not accurate um, but I will say that Nurkic there from a trust capability like there's already more trust there clearly um and I do think that the second thing that I saw as well um David pointed out as well when Katie's in the corner and then Nurkic gets it on the wing which is usually on the second side meaning that like some other action has occurred and then they kick it back over there to those two to run a two-man game whether it's a handoff backdoor cut a little pass over the top to like let Kevin float into a midi um there's chemistry there as well and that's sort of what goes in line with what it, they mean, like a better fit to be or whatever, like playing with guys like Dario and Frank, where yeah. it's just, it's very easy to play with guys like that because they want, one, they know where to be. Two, they know what to do with the ball when they get it in those spots. And that's those two things are very, very hard to pick or, up in the NBA. Or even uh,
1: not like he's going to be the greatest guy at the end of the shot clock, but like mid play, something gets blown up, something's not. Exactly, started right in the possession. He'll be like, "All right, come over here. Just throw me the ball in the middle. We'll get an action." Go-. Like he's he like commands more, I guess. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where again, just the the awareness that he has as an offensive player. Like, no, he's not gonna like break someone down in the post. You don't want to throw it to him in the post necessarily at the end of a shot clock, but he can get you out of bad situations at the, earlier in the shot clock, I guess. This is surely
0: not a sample size to go off of. Uh, going back to my joke of like this deciding the trade, but he has 16 free throw attempts in 52 minutes in three games, which has been great to see. Um, and Eubanks has 15, too, and that's just preseason. and Because Eubanks even position played in, the last... In fouling. Yeah, yeah, Eubanks has 15 even... free throws in 40, 40 34 minutes. 15 34 free minutes? Attempts. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. So per 36, that's like i don't know i can't uh, I, me saying that out loud on a friday it's about like two more my, free throws but <laughs> me expecting my brain to be able to pull that off is just just odd, add like one just, or two more and you'll be i'm not close locked to... in i need to really lock in eric gordon's really good at basketball thumbs up uh
1: you know i don't i don't really even we don't need to spend a lot of time like dudes what thir- he is 35 have you seen eric gordon play in the last 15 years it's eric gordon yeah
0: Um, He can catch it from five feet out and shoot it. Um, Any position in which he shoots it catches the ball like the pass can be high. And he does this weird thing where he literally hops. He like hops with it and then lands because guys like to. What was the book through like a high pass? Who was the wildcat you referenced from 1947? (sighs) It wasn't Chris
1: Rogers. I had
0: to look this up like 2002. He was like. Behind
1: uh, was it? someone out there who
0: loves cat stock is really excited. Chris Rogers, right now, it's, it's someone. I learned about person. this.
1: I don't remember who was the analyst, but one of the analysts of it was probably Rip Fox Sports Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about like at least they used to teach you. You jump basically if you see someone kicking a pass to you and you're at three point line and you know you're open. You'd kind of jump when the ball's in the air so you catch it and land at the same time and then you're already going up it's like a rhythm thing yeah and like there was one play the other night where book threw a kick out that was way too high but eric gordon was like oh i'm still gonna shoot this Mm -hmm. catches it really high comes down like that was his planned hop and it was also like two feet to the side or something probably the more like four feet because they're big nba player men Mm -hmm. um but just like he's ready to go like dude knows what he's doing we know what to expect from him Portland is a good team to bring up, not
0: because of the amount of defensive versatility that they have and the personnel that they have, but someone like Matisse Liebel comes off the bench for them. He's not guarding Eric Gordon. He's guarding Devin Booker or Mm -hmm. Bradley Beal. So now Eric Gordon gets to feast on that second guy, and he's rarely had that type of luxury. You go back to the Houston teams that he got to be with. Those are the ones where it comes to mind specifically, but then he's going to be out there with one or two of those guys pretty much at all times, and he's going to be able to – that small guard they put on him, that's, that's lunch. That's yeah. easy for him. He just overpowers guards way too easily on drives. And guess what? When you have those guys spacing for him, no one can come in and help him. If you help off of Nurkic as the center to protect the rim, now you got it to Nurkic where he's going to start the rotations. And now Devin Booker has an open three all of a sudden. Uh, defensively is where we're going to keep an eye on him, but it's been too early in the preseason. But the thing in preseason is it's good to see guys trying. Like him and Beal... And uh, Grayson, they've shown the effort for sure. And that's like, that's half, half the deal as always. Um, Grayson Allen, I kind of feel the same way. Like he's a good player. Like it's just what we should have expected. If you didn't know that he was doing combo guard stuff, now you know he was yeah. doing combo guard stuff. People forget what he was in college and then how his role kind of got really weirdly like
1: am i still a scorer am i a point guard now one one thing he did say at media day was like at duke even he said like every year at duke he played a very different role which helped him because he can kind of just fit in um i i guess just not watching and even when he was with the bucks maybe I, i did pick up on it but he's got more three level score stuff than maybe people think because he's labeled a three-point shooter showed that off quite a bit already um again those he and gordon are just gonna have open lanes um have really efficient nights and hit the 20s sometimes i think because book and beal and kd are just drawing so much attention so that'll be super interesting to see how that kind of develops and
0: that's a good way to put it i would guess that the two of them combined for at least double digits in terms of the amount of twenty-point games between them, and probably more.
1: Yeah, like they might each get to double digits in the like, category. Honestly, depending, I on think I'm. How I'm probably. hurt. We're probably overthinking this, and like, yeah, Book and KD and Beal are going to get a lot of action. They're going to be aggressive, but I think there's just going to be games where they're just like, no, nope, we're deferring now because you're going.
0: That Play was smart basketball. That was the Portland game. Katie started yeah. one of seven, one of eight, or whatever. A book was okay, but he just kept taking pull up threes. He just has decided this preseason, like I'm going to work on pull up threes in live games. Like that's the one thing I want to focus on during these games. It's yeah. like, All right, dude. Do what you want. Rude, rude to do that to Scoot Henderson at the end first <laughs> half. Like the kid's great, but do I get it, man? He's. By the way, what what are coaches doing? Like Thompson was on him in Detroit, and then Scoot had to guard him. Like, oh my gosh, I, I get throwing. The Scoot's bigger to the Bulls, than I but... thought,
1: but. <sighs> Poor no. Charlotte Hornets. I don't know what. Who who earth. who who should we go to next? Do we, we go to my guy? Oh my gosh, who's your guy? Chimezi Metu's my guy. Okay. He started a game. Th- this is a good. This is a good one to go with because <laughs> this is where I have more hot
0: takes. Actually, let, let's pause okay. and let's go through. Because no offense to Chimezi, but fair. I don't think he has a chance to be in the rotation opening night. I think there are a couple of guys left that we haven't talked about yet. It's a, it's a bad sign we haven't talked about K Bates-Diop yet. It, it's interesting. That's it's, why I'm curious. I think we just automatically assume the fit here was awesome and everything was there. It has been three preseason games, so everyone calm down. They might get to him. But he's played um, in and out of a rotation. It hasn't been consistently him in a way that it has been with, I think, Okoge, Gordon, Allen, I don't even know who the fifth starter is going to be. But I think a Kogi, Gordon, Allen are guys five, six, and seven automatically, and then Eubanks is a backup center is eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the rest of the guys are. Mm-mm. But like someone like Yuda, for example, has just like clearly been stylistically has looked like a better fit yeah. on the team right now. I think Kada has been in a position where he has mostly been in help defense positions and it's the preseason when they're working on new stuff so and, and guys are still figuring it out the way that Okogi described it after the first game or sorry after the home game on tuesday was that instinctually like he, he knows the, the scheme by now he knows what to do but instinctually in that half second where he's like am i switching this am i not or like the peel what am i doing exactly he's not his instincts are sending him a different way right now and that's the stuff to build up for the next month and that's where a guy like bates diop for example won't necessarily um benefit from him we need to see him in like the first dozen games of the regular season but in terms of him being on the list there's a list of five guys outside the big three who
1: have really stood out positively so far and he's not on there yeah um this is where like metu has been positively showing out and i don't know if that start was like you've impressed in practice so far that's why you're getting this start because i would have thought he would have gotten a look at KDB Nasir Little before Metu, um, especially in that in that group that he was in that game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm curious about the the wings, basically the jumbo wings, the bigger wings, the fours. I no one's really stood out except Metu, and that's why I, I brought him up because it's like does you hey, to
0: qualify for you, you qualifies for me. He's big enough,
1: tall yeah, enough. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Not in that group because
0: Yuta's I know a, he's a 3-4. Basically, he's
1: a 3-4, and I, yeah. kn- I already know his game, though. True, you know what I mean? Nasir Little
0: is the one, if you want to read the tea leaves of a right. preseason rotation. Um, basically, what Vogel was doing was playing a legitimate nine-man rotation in the first half, and in the first two games little was not in there including the second game where the big three were out and there are other guys hurt we haven't mentioned yet damian lee has a meniscus injury we don't know exactly what it was beyond the fact that it required surgery
1: we'll talk Prepare, about so probably just a meniscus yeah whatever yeah.
0: which not timeline we, we don't really know on i think people are getting ahead of themselves and thinking that he could be one of the guys to get cut uh, for that spot Um, they need veterans in there and he is one of the lone veterans on this team he's only been in the league now i think like six years but he is one of those not commanding but just calm voices around and one of those guys who stays ready i would be shocked if he's on the way out he would have to be out for the whole year for him to be um going like the kaminsky situation that came up um years back uh where was i going with that other injuries and yeah um nasir excuse me um so for him specifically he wasn't in that rotation in the first or the second game, and that was in the second game where a lot of guys were out. He started the third game, which I thought was great, and was Vogel, like again, giving everyone a chance to play. Um, he's, looked, he's looked okay. I think that he's looked like the really long defender that we expected it's just he's uh there's just moments where he's wide open for three or Bates up is wide open for three and the shot's not going in it's like that's got to go in yeah it's like there's such an emphasis now with these three lethal shooters off the bench with guys like that it's like man like just seeing Yuta and gordon and allen hit even contested threes um like the closeout kind of gets there there was one Grayson Allen had in the corner in i think in phoenix the defender was there and he shot it over him and then i was like oh yeah like, these guys are going to take, like, contested looks sometimes, too, and they're still going to go in because they're really good shooters. Um, and that that was kind of the main thing with him. I thought that defensively in Portland, I thought that he showed a little bit more in terms of where he was on the floor. He was out there for a, a handful of those possessions where things really clicked in the second quarter specifically. He was a part of that turn, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Again, I think Vogel literally is like cycling through all this um, in the preseason, so it's probably too much to read into a lot of it. But at some point, it's like you can't not stand out in some way right like a Kogi like Jordan Goodwin for example like missed time because of his what what injury was he banged up with he had hamstring tightness I think it was described yeah. of but to your point he was
0: on a minutes restriction last night and he's still it's
1: restriction he he like forced two turnovers within like noticing he walks on the court like that's the kind of stuff where it's like like you were saying he, he might be their best perimeter defender I don't know um Yuda's shot has been, even when it's off, he's still just moving the ball, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, you, you gotta stand out. You can't be the NBA version of our Aaron holiday role where just you're floating around there. Um, mm-hmm especially if you're not making shots. And Little is the most notable of the two. Bates Diop is on
0: one of those one-by-ones, but Little's on a four-year, $28 million deal. So that that could, not could, um, that's way too unfair to say at this point in the season, but there is Shamit potential there, specifically with his injury history more than anything. I think that he's just got to get comfortable, and, and once he yeah. does, he's going to be. like I. Out of all of these guys that are on the outside looking in, Yuda was the first one. Um, of that non-guaranteed, the, the guaranteed eight guys outside of that, yuda was number one for me in terms of like I'm I'm fairly sure if they play they're gonna do well, and then I'd put Nas right after that probably. I would probably put him there. We just touched on yuda and kind of went around him, but I wrote a piece last week on ArizonaSports.com asking uh, when I was asking Katie and the scrums uh, about Utah. And just the way that he put it is what you see on the court. He knows how to play. He knows where to be. He plays very hard. He can really shoot. His off-the-dribble game is a little bit underrated, and he just loves basketball, and you can tell.
1: Wow, that was really well
0: said. Um, I didn't say it. The smarter basketball man said it.
1: Yeah, again, again, like he's not the athlete Kogi is, but he has the juice to he's not going to get to the rim and stuff, but he has the juice if he is run off the three-point line we saw it when he played for Japan. If you don't watch any of those games, there is a mid range game where he can take a couple dribbles. He, he, he's like afraid to like hold the ball too long, which mm-hmm. is actually really good on this team. Three obviously. dribbles or less. But when he does, he's like, I'm going to do like 10 things in like three seconds. And then I'm going to decide if I can get a shot off, which he can actually, he has a kind of pull up midi game that I think is really good looking mm-hmm. or just pass out of it. Um, he does not mess around I more think importantly that... the coaching staff out of all these guys outside
0: the eight he's the guy that they were running stuff for yeah they they ran stuff for him around the top of the key to get you to go into his left and that's that's trust and just showing that he's one of their guys already i think
1: yeah so i he's in a good spot i think he's again when we talk about nurk earlier loving to play with someone you you are gonna love Playing with a guy who's either going to shoot it and shoot the lights out or get even three dribbles in and just move on with his life and not like waste time getting bad situations, that kind of thing. You know, when you get tight with someone
0: at the office or in like some other space that you're not normally in or is like outside your usual place. And you bring that person with your tight group of friends and they hit it off with that person too. And you're like, yes, that was, that I was, Katie. I don't really, uh, I that don't was Katie verse like subtly saying that. Cause he was like, I, part of his quote was like, I was glad I'm glad to see other people are enjoying being around him too. just yeah. like, yeah, everyone likes him, everyone, <laughs> like yeah, everyone likes it. <laughs> everyone likes my friend. That's yeah. So great. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, okay, we can get to Chimezi here. Give, give me give me it. So, so for context, um, new listeners, oh yeah, this is like a thing that goes back like six years at this point. So if you remember the Chimezi thing with you, that's saying something. I mean, we briefly mentioned he's your boy. But the Aaron Holiday rule, this is like a 10 out of 10 on the Aaron Holiday rule scale. He was your guy at USC where you're like, this is this...
1: Is this baby Amari? I'm kidding. You weren't saying that, but... <laughs> I just, I just like, covered... I saw it, too, man. He I covered play. one game at the Pac-12 tournament, and then I went to the locker room, and I, like... Like, he was a freshman, I think, so he just was very aware and, like, talked basketball really guy. well. I've intelligent guy. I've got that already. Yeah, he's intelligent. Um, and he... Like, if he hits the three... The three looks good, by the way. Eddie Johnson looks very impressed every time that... Which... Says something. I think because mm-hmm. Eddie Johnson's good at shooting, was good at shooting, probably still is good at shooting. Mm. Um, but if you have that good of an athlete who can play three to five, like jumbo three maybe, but he he can move pretty well, be a physical presence, length again. But also he has enough off the dribble game where it's like he can get you out of bad situations. There's a little mid range juice, although he probably shouldn't take some of the shots he has in the preseason. That's fine. But there's just, like, enough there to be like, oh, you can separate yourself, especially if you're hitting that three. And and that's where, for me, again, might be biased because I've been kind of being like, there's something more. He can do better than – mm-hmm. and I think it matters that he played for the Kings last year and, like, he didn't play a ton a ton, but, like – He got was, in there when they had injuries and he played fine. He was trusted enough yeah. to do that, and that's where it's like, oh, he he learned something from being on, like, a winning team that – Had really good offense and he obviously wasn't the featured dude, but he found a way to like earn trust with Mike Brown. So I think I see that in the preseason and he's very aware and he's not forcing it very much, even though I just said like yeah, there's some mid-range shots, but again preseason, he's probably sometimes the the three stars aren't out there all the time. I think Suns fans had no idea he could
0: shoot just based on people's reactions. Whoa, did they find something in Metsu he can
1: shoot? And it's didn't he shoot like twenty something percent though? Like it's it more.
0: Good? It's more that it is a functionable yeah. jump shot because the first couple of threes, the threes that he's been hitting, have been in transition where he's stepping into it and it just looks comfortable and looks like something he's really, really worked at, and it looks like it could be something. But he is in year I believe five of his NBA career now. Year six, Should I want to be say. F- Uh, Yeah, something like that. And we're we're getting to the point where, you know, like you kind of said that in the Okogi 36 Unbothered story where he's like it is what it is in some instances. And Mm -hmm. that's the point where I'm not saying people can't improve later in their shooting, but shooting is going to be a big part of him if he is an NBA rotation player, and it's got to get to that point. The thing that I wanted to say with Metsu is, uh, defensively, he's in the Nas, KBD sphere where I just haven't seen him enough out there. So... Azubuki to quickly hit on him when he came in in the late first quarter he was in the wrong spot Mm -hmm. like multiple times and like not getting to where he needed to be and that was like a clear like uh uh-oh thing for me like it was with Bol Bol who we'll talk about in a minute don't worry we won't won't just um, diminish or or rob you guys of the Bol Bol content
1: we appreciate your interest with
0: Metu we just haven't seen him in those spots yet. I haven't noticed him doing things wrong, which is good. But I haven't. It's like, is he a positive helper? That I don't, I don't even know exactly where to put it. With the thing I wanted to say offensively is he's had a half dozen possessions where it's an adventure after the first dribble. Yeah, and it's mostly just ended with two more dribbles and kicking it out. But that's a Landry Shamit thing, and you can't, you cannot do the Landry Shamit thing. You can't take one to three dribbles into nowhere and then just kill a possession. And he did that a couple of times. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the lanes open up for him, or they don't, and it's like a two-dribble finish at the rim. Is he that kind of guy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I just personally don't know. Um, and, and I'm sure the Suns have a much better idea. We can quickly just say Eubanks looks like Eubanks. Yeah. Plays very hard. Just gobbling up rebounds. He will get in a confrontation uh, <laughs> kerfuffle <laughs> by game six of the regular season, probably. He's the one where, like, do we list him as, if like, If Draymond must... was playing
1: opening night, there would be something, 100% yeah you just know what you're getting he's the yeah. one he's like kind of like eric gordon where it's like maybe i've seen him too much again another guy i watched at oregon state because we were packed 12 watchers so maybe we're not as surprised by anything but yeah sabin lee got put in a tough spot uh
0: he's played the most minutes of anyone so far in the preseason yeah um, he had to be the starting point guard when all those guys were out. He would have looked so much better with just one of them next to him. But he was in a point guard spot, and it's great for the Suns to do. Like, throw him out there, see what, how the point guard stuff does. But Denver was actually they weren't going 100% on defense by any means, but they were like treating it like a serious practice, where it was like, let's get the details down of what we want to do defensively, and I thought that they looked good on that end. It was such a stark difference between them and Detroit, where Monty's starting to build something where this is like year 8 for those guys yeah. in that program, and it's just like, yep, they're there, Help we'll her there, helper there, switch there. Like They were just completely on it. Um, I think that he's looked fine. Rim pressure, 16 free throw attempts, that kind of thing. Like You just need what he brings, and I would be shocked if last year was like a mirage and he isn't someone who could help them in some kind of way. they have It's almost
1: year. like they've used it as like, yep, go, you're going to do uh, stuff that makes you uncomfortable. You're going to handle the ball off screen and rolls. And like the offense has looked very different with him. I don't know if that's by design, but he's definitely either showcasing himself or mm-hmm. like working on just like putting himself in traditional point guard situations which i have thought is interesting like he's not he is not doing you to want stuff if that if that makes sense makes sense last two
0: guys think us getting the conversation here where they're the last two guys we talk about the way that they've been playing the rotation the way that they've been playing when they've been out there again it's like fourth quarter garbage time of preseason games so i'm not gonna i'm really not trying to say that's indicative of them as players much but again like you're saying jordan goodwin goes out there last night instantly it's just like there's a he's a guy yeah instantly um didn't have a he's a guy reaction to keon johnson who was still he got drafted two years ago it's like it's just such such a weird spot for him he keeps getting moved around and then bull bull it is not his third year (laughs) it's it's been a while um he's in year five now and it's Time for it to start showing in terms of being in the right spot where to be and it's just it seems like a lot is going on in his head whenever he's in situations where there needs to be not a lot going on in his head you can just see him overthinking you can see him and that's year one maybe year two stuff for anyone in the nba and it's year five for him now and like he hits the three he blocks the shot at the rim there was a play that summed up the experience for me with him Um, And I know people Will go like Oh he blocked a shot On the other end there But then he does The behind the back Turnover in the post Like throwing it Directly to a guy They'll say that's A bull bull experience But for me In Portland last night There was a drive At the rim And he was the guy Under the rim And he's bull (laughs) bull put your hands up, up you got one of the longest wingspans in the league just put him up and he just like strips at the ball like a morris twin and gets called for a foul and i saw kbd put his arms up like for a half second as like a kind of like whether he and i don't know if his reaction was like he thought it was all ball or it was more of mine which is like dude if yeah. your hands are just up you should never be stripping for the ball when you're within 10 feet or you're covering anyone who's trying to shoot the ball just put your hands up and it's just one of those things with him where you watch him specifically and I don't think there's... I don't know if committing the developmental resources to him over a year would result in him getting much better to a point where he's in the rotation at a certain point and... I think that's what it's going to take again three preseason games he's in a really rough spot but to me it seems obvious that they need to cut two guys it cannot be Azubuki and it cannot be Saban lee for those of you that keep suggesting one of those two names doesn't matter separate guys they're two ways but anyway i think i think it's johnson and i think it's bull right now and i think it's pretty obvious but you and i Again, we weren't really sure of the Bull Bull signing when it happened in the first place. We didn't get it. So we're going to, I think you and I are both like, wait and see here. And it's like they traded Keon Johnson was in the trade for a reason, perhaps, maybe. So we don't want to go too ahead of ourselves. Wayne Wainwright has not played this preseason. He's been in a boot. He's working his way back, but it seems like he's going to miss the rest of the preseason at least. I feel like that's safe to say at this point with what he's been working on after practice uh, that I've seen so far. So uh, maybe Ish is just the odd man out because he hasn't been able to play, but they've seen so much of him in their own building that I would be shocked um, if, if Johnson or Bolt makes it over him. Are you with me there?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like you if you're going for the title, you are. They are. They've said it a million times. Do you even put one of your roster spots at risk of – Not being useful because my whole thing was what position does Bulbul play? Do they have an actionable plan to implement him? Not really. From what we've seen, he's like a big, like he's a center. Does he do center stuff? No. I like the the play for me against Denver was what it was. Colin Colin Gillespie Mm -hmm. Um, boxed Bulbul out. Colin Gillespie's like he's thick. He might be six feet. He might be five eleven. Low point guard boxes him out. Later rumbles into him. Gets a fat. Like there's just I don't know what he's good at. Yeah. Like what 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 else are you supposed well, to say? what he's good NBA at level? is
0: what he's good at is his ability to like pull up and take a jump shot at his size. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, is that valuable? And it's, how is it valuable on this team? And how is it valuable on any team at this point? I don't know. Um, it's unfortunate because it's. We wrote about him in 2019 when we covered that draft, and we were really excited to talk about him and cover him the whole year, and then he got hurt. But it was like he was so unique and exciting. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing here. It's like whenever he gets the ball, you're on the edge of your seat, you're waiting to see what happens. But that's a good thing and a bad thing at this point, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I don't even think Johnson's looked terrible. But again, it's like, what do you have to. Well, if you were in a. Like a.
0: Going through evaluating the roster by roles again and like what people do if you needed the defensive stopper high athlete guy but you already have two you already have a Kogi and Goodwin and Goodwin's 24 I think yeah Johnson's 21 so it's not like Goodwin is ancient and can't develop like uh, Kogi just turned 25.
1: Is there there enough off the ball movement is there enough on the ball dribbling on offense is there shooting like there's just not enough for me that's other players have defined roles and i don't think i guess both of these guys i need to know why they're on the team and there's not a good reason i guess if if we're talking going for an nba title and you have to rely on someone who's 14th or 15th on your roster if you do
0: we didn't really get into the da stuff that much but we can save it for next week um the suns play on monday in phoenix uh if you missed it DeAndre was asked about Phoenix and said he. They told me I wasn't going to have to talk about the Suns, which he what do probably you think? asked the media relations person. Hey, they asked him to talk, and he's like, "I don't want to talk about Phoenix." And they probably said, "Okay," and then they probably they didn't probably told the reporters, and then
1: the reporters are like, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not uh, going to do that."
0: No, because this is the team you were traded to and the drafted you number one overall, so you have to talk about it. Um, but he did not talk about it, which is uh, fine, but his prerogative hmm. it's fascinating watching the it feels like the world it's not obviously the world but just a, another Famous. area of the world <laughs> like get the deandre experience i'm not saying that in a negative or a positive way it's just it's a very specific kind of you're starting to see the sun's player that you like, interact with
1: yeah that spider-man meme like oh and, you like,
0: know this on the air today they're talking about like how you can tell like this was like some kind of strife and you could tell that like this was a situation that it soured it's like you could tell when him and Monty Williams were pissed at each other you could tell when him and Monty didn't talk all summer like this is not this is reason number 74 for when you could tell that things weren't working out here you know i'm sorry i had to say that out loud
1: it they might not have been
0: just a monty thing no, it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. It, I'm sorry. I know, I know it's not you. I, you were just the person who said it. In that. In the, you were playing that role of that person, yeah. and it, it irritated me. It's okay. You're fine. Thanks, bud. I know it's a safe <laughs> space. It's always been a safe space here, and that's part of why I value this so much. Monday,
1: here, in Phoenix. Are you going to go to sh- pregame shoot-around for the Portland Trail Blazers? Do you think he'll talk to me? Do you think I
0: should even try and go? I don't know. I don't know. He'll be be glad to see me, I think. He'll say, what's up? Good to see you. like, Do you want to talk? I don't know. I don't know what he's going to say. I have no idea. I never knew what he was going to say before. That was the thing. I don't know. We'll see. Not about the Phoenix Suns. You know what we'll do? Huh. We'll use our ear and we'll play by it. Uh. That's what we'll do. Thursday, they play a game in, in
1: Coachella. Kalisbad? Dude, I drove by... Palm Springs? Some fancy California town? Palm Desert. It's actually like if you drive to LA, it's actually because I drove to LA not long ago and I was like, I don't remember this arena. And it turned out it's that arena you pass (laughs) by. It's like past the windmills before the rest. uh... Oh, people, again, you're
0: appealing to a very niche audience here. This one's far bigger than homie in the mid 2000s yeah. early 2000s on the
1: arizona <laughs> wildcats basketball team chris rogers who used to work out at the rec center and like years later when i was in college and was like why is chris rogers still at school is he getting his degree i hope so that's great he's but just
0: getting that running man that. you got to respect it that game is on thursday against the lakers and then we will i assume be back here on friday at some point we're going to podcast at some point this week next week it's the end, week. Week. It the end of this week <laughs> it is that's the that's how it works So we got to start talking and then buddy a week from tuesday man it's here golden state tuesday la thursday utah at home on saturday so we'll have we'll play that week by year again especially with maybe we come on right after the golden state game i don't know what we're doing but we'll figure something out pal
1: i'm excited are you it's going to be wild. Um, just doing this preseason stuff, seeing the interest. I know, like, last few preseasons it's been big, but... It's crazy. Holy cow, man. Look, we have...
0: The Cardinals are the third biggest team in town during the NFL regular season, and I never thought that would happen
1: ever in this And, team, like, ever. if D-backs are not playing, I will say, yeah. just based on how our website is acting, like, Sun's preseason stories are very... Doing doing numbers as they say people are interested people are reading them
0: well if you're one of those new parties that wasn't reading back when I was breaking down Tyler Ulyss and Alan Williams' two man game oh thank you for joining us <laughs> we were very excited yeah to we have appreciate you. We hope you. you hang around we have a video edition of the podcast whoa jeremy i should have said at the beginning and not 55 minutes in i'm did sorry they call that burying the lead in jeremy this. did a dab and it was a very good dab uh, on the on the back you can do dabs house. now and they're all good because they're I'm, <laughs> I'm not dabbing it's not gonna happen it's on here. video i only dab in the privacy of my own home
1: with no one watching Correct. maybe in the bedroom no around people like you
0: you two are people that i trust and love but t- someone t- in that camera that's yeah, watching that's it man, that's for sure so that's as soon I as the it. camera's off you can do it to get it out of your system <laughs> I, uh, I don't have like a like a dab fill up like a mirror <laughs> where i'm like oh god i got three dabs in me i gotta get one off here or else i'm gonna go crazy what a fun way to end the episode that'll Sorry. get everyone to come back next week Good yeah. lord bye everyone